Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's um, Thursday, Thanksgiving. It's the Rosh Chodesh. And it's in the morning, and I'm going to try to do the next Summon Bonum uh, uh, podcast about uh, different picture, uh, ideas of the Messianic era, of the future that everyone's looking forward to, um, as sponsored by Mishpacha Stefanski at their request. And um, I haven't found anybody for the Haftorah yet, so I don't know what to do about that. It's already Thursday and have, don't have a sponsor yet for the Haftorah, but I'm hoping someone will step forward. Um, in the remaining time of the week. Uh, I am, by the way, putting together uh, final touches. Well, you never end up putting the final touches on the Israel trip, but we're always moving things around to include um, better uh, items. I might have a interview too with some controversial individuals in Israel, but that'll be a surprise for the people on the trip. Um, but to get down to what we're talking about now, uh, l- last time I read an English precy uh, from, uh, I think it was Louis Jacobs or somebody, of how the Gaonim, in the Gaonic period, envisioned the Messianic era. Uh, which is very nice, because it's in English, and like I say, he's always my favorite heretic, and so forth. And, uh, and, um, now I want to do it inside. Uh, if you go up in chronological order, so, um, they're, the Gaonim are on record, written record, as giving their ideas, trying to bring coherence into a, a, a vision of what they understand the Mashiach time will be like, out of a host, a plethora of uh, seemingly contradictory verses in the Bible and in the Gemara, especially in the Tanakh. And if you want to go in chronological order, which is what I do, in history you got to do that. So Haigon is in the late 900s, but Sadigon is in the early 900s. So Sajigon wrote his uh, famous book, Amunus Videos, first uh, classic philosophy, book of medieval Jewish philosophy, rational Jewish philosophy, in the early 900s, in which he lays out the case for Judaism for the first time in like a systematic way. You know, one of the classic famous form, Sefer Amunus Videos. Uh, the Amunus Videos was translated um, already early on in the Middle Ages by Yehuda ben Tibbon. That's the father of the guy that did the Rambam stuff. And um, and it was a revolutionary when he did that in Provence and so forth. There is a 20th century uh, translation from um, Kapach. And doggone it, I can't find it. I have it in my house somewhere. I was looking for it now, but you know, I still have the bad knee. It hurts me just to stand up. Very painful. And uh, but I looked around for it and I can't find it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to um, I'm going to I'm going to go to uh, uh, what do you call it the um, old one. Excuse me, I'm moving the books around here, and fortunately I have a very nice edition picked up in Israel a couple of years ago. Somebody made a menu cut. I have no idea who. In my stuff, I got it in Tufshin Iron Base in 2012. 
uh, of the Amunas Videos. A very nice print. That's the way I like it. And I'll get right to it. Sadyagon, you know, wrote his book as he puts it in his famous introduction to save those Jews who had doubts. Suffolk. I was walking by a river, he said, and I see a person drowning, and no one's able to help the person, and I figured, I'm not a, the expert, but somebody's got to do it, so I jump in, did my best to save him. And the, that, the guy in the river is the Jew, the river is the river of doubt, none of the other Jews know how to save him, because they're just yeshivish, and uh, from me, and they can't, you know, they, they don't know how to answer the kashas. They just say, how can you have kashas? Oh, you're bad. And I feel... Sadigon says that you have to answer the kashas or, or take your best shot at it. You know, can't get angry at somebody for having doubts. You have to be able to answer the doubts, which is just interesting. Remember, Sadigon was Rosh Hashiv and Surah. So um, he writes this book dealing with all kinds of issues. How do you prove the existence of God? How do you prove the truth of the Torah? Blah, 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 all that. And in the eighth mimer, what does he have, like nine mimers altogether? Nine or ten? Yeah, I guess he's got ten. So, um, in the eighth one, he talks about uh, history, meta-history, and that kind of business, and the future. And in the, in the Mimer 8, in chapters 5 and 6, that's where he talks about what he envisions to be a messianic process, because Sadiqon does insist that the Mashiach is a basic belief of Judaism. Whoever doesn't believe it is bad news. That's where the Rambam gets it from. By the way, a lot of the Rambam stuff, not everybody knows this, is stolen or taken straight from Sadiqon. I shouldn't say stolen, because that sounds like it's plagiarized, and that's not what I mean at all. I'm simply saying, what you say, oh, the Rambam says this, and the Rambam says this. Truth of the matter is, Sadiqon already said it. Now, not everything, you know, certainly that's true. There's certain things that are original with the Rambam, no question about that. But you would be surprised. A lot of it, you already find, what you imagine to be Maimonidean stuff, you do find in um, the Mudas Medeus and in the Chobos Alvobos. I just want you to know that. Uh, so, you know, the ideas were out there even before the Rambam came along. He just, because of his particular fame and the way he wrote and all the rest of it, you know, got the credit for it. So now let's talk about the Mashiach time, which the Rambam does not agree with this interpretation. So this is from Sadiqam, writing in the early 900s, and he's addressing Jews who have doubts. Uh, for example, many say, the Mashiach is not a basic belief in Judaism. Others say that the Jews had a uh, had a had a uh, had a chance to have a messianic era, and they blew it. That's called Bayasheni, which is a very interesting mahalach, and he rejects that, of course. And I'll read you. Now it might be a little bit long, so I'll see how long it takes me. I don't like to go for thirty minutes. Uh, I'll see how long it takes me, and if not, I'll break into two parts. So I'm looking at Parakeh. It's not so long, and he says like, he talks about. The different cases, you know what I mean? Uh, in fact, what I do, what I'll do is let me read you the chapter headings to give you an idea, you the audience, and you'll see um, what I'm talking about. Now, I won't, I only want to do the fifth and sixth chapter. That's the one that's no gay to us. But just if you read Maimur Hashmini and you read um, the chapter headings, so the first one says Be'inyan ha'achrona Torah. So the the Geula Achronim, we call the Summum Bonum, the Messianic Era, is biblical. It's even in Moshe Rabbeinu. Even though you'd say, really? I mean, how can you say it's Moshe Rabbeinu? So, of course, he makes the argument that despite what you say, or despite what you think, it is there. The Rambam, may I say, also says the same thing. Okay? And he tries to uh, back it up with different uh, psukim. Okay? Uh, by the way, 
he's right in the sense that if you go to, what is it, Nitzavim, I think, and he says, you know, when you hit rock bottom, then, B'Shav Hashem Meshul Sarich HaMecha, B'Kibetz B'Kol Amim, O'Mol Hashem Slovok, V'Eslova Zarecha, that's not Messianic. That's in Dvorim, so it is Nechomish. But anyway, I don't want to get up too much on the tangents. Let me read you the, he- the headlines. I'll start again. Maimra Hashmini. Be'inyan ha'gu'ulu achrono, he'arichu ha'nevim b'gam Moshe Rabbeinu Kosev Zos B'Torah. These things have a biblical origin. Ba'onu kibalnu zos b'osesimosim. And we were makabal this, b'osesimosim. Meaning, we got this with the Torah was given to us, b'osesimosim. Etzim ha'gu'ulu m'chuyeves, mitzad im mikam ha'chachos. And the idea of a Messianic era is logical, it's almost mukhrach, because basically he says this can't be the end of everything. You understand? It can't be the end of everything. Now, um, and as he, he even says, you know, we don't know exactly how it's going to be right now, and, you know, I understand that, but nevertheless, uh, you know, the same way certain somebody plants something in the ground, and you say, you're really stupid, you know, no, I never saw a farm in my life. I see a guy putting stuff in the ground. I said, what, are you crazy? And, you know, years later when the tree grows, you say, oh, now I get it, you know. So he has that kind of approach towards the messianic stuff. And then in second chapter, that no matter how hard it may seem to overthrow the it's not hard for a god. And then a very important point, which he stells on. Uh, now, let me say this the Gemara has a thousand different opinions. Sadi Gon picks on some famous ones that you and I have heard often, because he and his successors made these the famous ones. And this is the idea of Be'ikta Anachishena. Legula Shnei Kitzim, Oechid Yetz Lepom Nashabu One is if all the Klai Yisrael does Teshuba, then we'll get the Gula right away. Be'imlo, Tia Hagula Bismanakum Mirosh. If not, there is a final date past which the, the goals cannot go. Hatsadigim Achaim, Lefnei Smanagula, Ain Zemitzanosh El Nisayim. And those Sadiqim that live before the Gula, uh, I mean, why is that? So he says, in Nisayim. Because you see from a philosophical point of view, why is the Vilna going to live in the 1700s? Why shouldn't a guy like the Vilna going to, who's a big Sadiq, live after the Mashiach comes? You know, like that. And then, um, the next chapter is Pierce with Hester Kates and Gula, Shem Besebe Daniel. Sadiqim, by the way, wrote a commentary in the book of Daniel. It's in the uh, art scroll, I'm sure. Mikras Gadolos. And he tries to explain the different predictions in the book of Daniel. Uh, maybe I should address that in a separate podcast. Daniel has several um, very, very important, very famous prophecies in the to the future. I should really do that. Okay. Um, and then in the other chapter, Begulus Mitzrayim, Simigulus Bavel, Kamsachar Steers, Nogelus Manakates, that, let me put it this way the Jews did not know when they were going to leave Egypt. It says, you'll be there for 400 years. After it's all over, he said, oh, the 400 years starts from the birth of Yitzhak. You didn't tell me that. You see? And same thing when it comes to Bavel. Do you remember Daniel and others say, Binosi Basfarm, it's 70 years are up, and how come nothing happened? After it's all over, it's, oh, you meant 70 years from this point and that point. You know what I mean? Ahasuerus took out the Kalim and the base of Megish Belshazzar took out the old, the old main mistakes in the Cheshwin. And that is to tell you, Lamecha, Shagama Kesa Achrin Yebito, Lamos, Lamros, Choser Vados, and Agilas Manabiduya. That the final Geula will happen at the right time. In other words, just, you won't know how it works until after it's over. He said, Oh, that's what you meant 2,000 years or whatever it is. Now, 
I don't want to go into all that. That'll take us forever. I want to um, instead concentrate on his vision of the actual messianic process, what we look forward to. And this is chapter 5. And he says, Since I told you there are different cases, like I said, 400 years of Mitzrayim, 70 years of Omerato, I want to say now, if we don't repent, no, the way to look at it is if we don't do tshuva, then we'll have to wait the full business. Now, here comes the very interesting part I want to share with you that most people don't know. What happens if the Kali has not done tshuva yet? So let's say for argument's sake, that the year of the Gula is 2023 in the English calendar, next year. Let's just say that. You can't tell me, here we are now in Thanksgiving time, since the end of November of 2022. You ain't going to tell me the next 30, 40 days, 50 days, whatever, 60 days, the whole Kali Yisrael is going to turn out become good. They're, to use modern terms, they're all going to become Shomer Shabbos. I mean, that's not going to happen. You know that, and I know. I mean, it, it, it don't seem that way, right? So, it's not the shot, and many people make this mistake down till today. Now I'm telling you the sheet of Sadigon, there are other sheets. I'm going today with Sadigon. He said like this The Mashiach cannot come and end the Golas if Rove Yisrael, in fact, it might even be if, if, if any of Klai Yisrael is still Machal Shabbos, so to speak. You understand? So I, but it's already the year 2023, Tavshin I in this, Tavshin this, Tavshin pay that, whatever, you know, it's the Kates. So how does that work? Right? It can't be that the Yeshua will come when we're still sinning. Because the whole reason that we went into Golos in the first place was because we sinned. Say if over the course of the long Golas, the Jewish people do not do tshuva. It can't be that God will bring us back to Israel before we've done tshuva. Because then the 2,000 years of exile will have been a waste of time. If the whole point of the Golas is to purge us, to improve us, to burn out the sins and all that, it will have been a failure. You see? Now here's what Sadion gives you the Gaonic Mesorah, that we have a Mesorah from our Kadmonim, and I repeat, he's writing this in the early 900s. That what will happen is that we'll be hit by various misfortunes, a holocaust, this, that, and the other. And those misfortunes will cause us to choose to repent. So that by the time 2023 comes along, or whatever it is, the Jews will be royally Goyal. So in other words, the idea of having um, bad times before the coming of Mashiach is to compel the Jews to repent. It's a famous Gemara in Sanhedrin. I did it for the arts school years ago. That, you know, if the Jewish people do tshuva, fine. If not, God will bring a Melchai Khaman, a Hitler, or somebody like that. And his gzeros will lead them to do tshuva, because according to the rabbinic tradition, as we all know, Kim of a Kiblu, 
that is a result of the Haman, they actually, um, what do you call it? They actually did tshuva, right? Kim of a kibble. I don't say it lasted so long, but they did do the tshuva. So, okay, okay. So that'll happen again. So, no, the side you going goes with that uh, Gemara. But Amru Shasibazeh and our Kadmonim, our tradition tells us that what will, the way it'll unfold, these misfortunes and all that, is not Stamazoi, some guy will rise to power and have it out against the Jews, but there will be a series of events that will trigger the rise of such a person to power. Amidas Ishmim Ne Yosef Bahar Galil that what will happen is there'll be some kind of a Zionist movement Mimne Yosef in the Galil who will gather an army and they will go to Jerusalem to the Temple Mount which will be in the Rishus of Edom uh, in other words under the Christians now the truth is maybe maybe uh, Sadigon for censorship purposes he meant, in other words, they'll go to the mosque. Get it? Really, but he'd probably get himself in trouble if he said that. So, So basically, what he's saying is like this. Uh, some guy named Itabar ben Gvir, or somebody like that, will go and organize a whole attack, and they'll seize the Temple Mount, you understand, from the Goyim, and, and they'll be there for a while. But then there'll be a counterattack from the Goyim, led by somebody named Armilus, and they'll battle there. And the Goyim will capture the city of Jerusalem, which the, Jew, which the Jews under the leadership of Mashiach ben Yosef had just captured. And they'll kill a lot of people, and they'll enslave a lot of people, and they'll torture a lot of people. Rape. And the Jews have a lot of dead, including So he doesn't call him specifically Mashiach ben Yosef, but that's what he means. Uh, now I'm reading your Hebrew translation from the Arabic, of course. But nevertheless, um, He'll be among the dead. And the Jews will be up the creek. They'll suffer a lot of Tzaras. Uh, and the hardest of all the Tsars they'll suffer is the loss of the favor of the governments, of the Goyim. Now, this will lead the Goyim to hate the Jews because the basic idea is until now they left the Jews alone, now they won't. So the basic idea is, like I read you the other day, until now, the Jews were helpless minorities, so the government didn't bother them. But now they see that they have warriors, so the government will kick them out from where they live, and they'll They'll chase these Jews out into the Midbars, where you can die. And there'll be a lot of hunger and thirst there. By the way, Stalin wanted to do exactly this. And as a result of all these Tsaras, Yetsu Rabbi Mehemet a lot of Jews will go off to Derek. And all that will remain is a hardcore. Those who went through a process of Brera, and a process of Zikuk, those are being selected out, winnowed, and a process of being burned out, they're the only refined gold. 
And that's when the gula will actually start. So in other words, there'll be some kind of a uh, a movement. I call it a Zionist movement. Something like that that uh, we can take Jerusalem and the base of Mesh. They won't build the base of Mesh, but they'll capture the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. This will provoke a counterattack from the Goyim in some fashion or other. Be bad news for the Jews. A lot will be killed in the battle and enslaved and things like that. But also... Um, the the uh, Jewish population in general, even those who were not a participants in this, will be sent out to places where they'll die of hunger and starvation. And it'll be so hard to be Jewish that a lot of people will leave Judaism. Okay, so that will be a Darwinian process, survival of the fittest, shedding of the weak need, and the only ones left will be the hardcore who are willing to stay Jewish even throughout all these tzaras. And then, at that moment, Eliyahu will appear with That's the basic idea. Now I'm not finished. And Sadigon says, once I heard this uh, Mesorah, there'll be all these tzaras. His Kosov. I looked throughout the Tanakh and I found plenty of pesukim that I can interpret in this light. And he goes to about twenty, thirty pesukim. I won't, I won't do it with you. Um, you can look it up yourself if you're interested. Uh, would show you. That this will work out over here, <coughs> right? And it, 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 like I said, I won't go through a different pesukim with you. And at the end of the chapter, he says, "So you see, all this stuff is in the Tanakh." What the Kadmonim did. So Sadiqon is saying, "I am not the one coming up with this scenario. This is a Kadmonim thing." So obviously, in the Middle Ages. In the uh, in the yeshiva world of the Middle Ages, because this is the world of Gaonim. That's the yeshivas, I think you know, of Sur and Pumbedisa. So in in that world, they used to um, have certain kabbalas, uh, mesoras, and this is the messianic mesora, which involves the scenario that I just laid out for you. And what it meant was that this is a certain way of stitching together the various pesukim and the different parts of the Navi and whatever, this Navi and that Navi, in a certain Mahalach, as he says, they organize them in a certain way. So when the Pussy says, all the Moshim it means this. It means that. When it says, it means this. You know, they stitched all these Sukhma together. So basically, you look at the Chumash, the Torah of Tzav, because he's not quoting from the Gemara, very interestingly. He's quoting from the Tanakh. I think he did that, I think, connected the Karaites. But whatever the case is, you know, so people shouldn't say, oh, it's in the Gemara. And uh, because in his time, there were a lot of skeptics. You know, that's why he wrote the Munus Medeus. So the point is uh, that it works out. And happy is the person who will, will um, understand this. And um, it's good to know this so that when it happens, it shouldn't cause yush. Okay? So notice I'm telling you this scenario, so when it hits and there is an attack on the Jews, and then you, the individual reader, will be able to locate this within a logical framework, a chronological framework, and say, okay, now we're at this stage, then we're going to be that stage, and sooner or later, Eliyahu is going to come. That's how he means it. Now, in the next chapter, 
he gets a little more expansive. There's only two chapters involved in this. Okay. For Omar Yachad, when you consider these two Mahalachs, because these are two alternative scenarios. So we have two scenarios how the Mashiach side can turn out. I will, I will say, I'll call it a happy one and an unhappy one. The happy one is if everybody does Teshuva, then there will be no Mashiach ben Yosef. They will go straight to the Mashiach ben David. But on the other hand, if not, then you'll have to go through the Mashiach ben Yosef. If there is a Mashiach ben Yosef, it will be necessary to be Mesakein de Uma, to, to fix up the people, and Mesakel Haderech, and to remove the stones from the Derech. See if the Jewish people all stole Machal Shabbos, the Kilarai Shvechadomorazara, then it's like the past of Jerusalem is there, but there are too many stones to get there. So the purpose of the Mashiach ben Yosef will be somehow or other to Mesakel the Derech. Um, and he has a Pussy to back it up. And the purpose of that scenario in which there'll be attack on Israel, a temporary Jewish conquest, a Gaisha reconquest, accompanied by blood, a lot of blood, that's all Mitzarif It's to burn out in a Darwinian process the bad, the weak, get rid of the stuff that's causing us trouble. So the purpose is, he says very vividly, he says, listen, there'll be some Jews who'll be big sinners. And there'll be other Jews who'll be moderate-sized sinners. So the sorrows that are going to come as a result of the Mashiach and Yosef process will burn out the big sinners. In other words, there's nothing you can do with them. You can only purge them. Uh, yeah, they'll die. But the little sinners, the Bali Chatur Makalim, Mechabes Baburis, it'll be a laundry process. Now, if you're a, a garment and you get washed in various acids, it ain't going to be funny, but by the time it's over... You'll be clean. Okay? Beam low yavo. Now, if the if that's not the case, in other words, if we have instead the happy scenario, the Yava ben David Piso. Um instead you can skip the, the Mashiach ben Yosef process and go straight to the Mashiach ben David process. Okay? Um then what'll happen is like this. Um he brings a passing. He'll bring a nation to the gates of Jerusalem, the Mashiach ben David. And if the city will be held by the bad guy Armelus, the Mashiach will kill him. Uh, and if it's not Armelus holding the city against the Mashiach ben David, but someone else, yeah, God commanded. It'll be some guy. Like I said, well, he used the word Edom, but it probably means Ishmael. Became Shlobo'el Yosef, Ben Yosef. Um, since that scenario where they repented is one in which there is no Mashiach Ben Yosef, then what they will seek from the Mashiach Ben David are various miracles and acts which will bring them psychological, like PTSD, uh, what we call it, post gullus uh, syndrome, PGST, right? PGST, post gullus syndrome. 
Uh, and what would that be? Mashi Amitz Libam, Vierpa Shivram, Viagbia Navsham. Right? The Mashiach, it was very interesting. Mashiach will have to underdo, under, un, undertake to do certain psychological things to, to, to heal the Jews of their psychological wounds from the Gaulish. Uh Which is just, like I say, a very interesting idea. Uh, and he has a passage to back it up. And there'll be all these sorts of things of the final reward. And then, and, and he brings Sukkim, and under the Mashiach ben David, in this happy scenario, they'll take over Israel and dwell there. So in those, they won't have to go through the Mashiach ben Yosef process. But they then will have to do World War III. <laughs> By the way, this is in the good scenario. Then will come Gogomogog. They'll hear the fact of Ben David, but two vibes from Rabbonim, and they'll hear that the Jews under the leadership of Shimon David have set up a prospering kingdom. And they'll be so prosperous that they won't need uh, gates and, and, and the bars. In other words, they'll, they won't need an army. This will tempt Gogamaga to attack the Jews because they don't look like they're well armed. Vikbuts, they love Rab me Rabbas. So Go, Gogamaga, whatever, will amass a great army composed of different national groups. And they'll come from far away till they get to Israel. So this is all very, very suggestive. Now listen to this. Sadigon thing. When this army comes to attack the Jews and take their prosperity and whatever away, the army will be composed of many different national nationalities. And these different nationalities will actually fall into two different categories. Right? Some will encounter the Jews and say, I don't want to fight them, I want to be like them. The others will say, No, let's kill them. <speaking in Hebrew> Some of them will be very wicked, ready to die in order to kill the Jews. The Hasheni and the second group, they'll want to convert to Judaism. Because <laughs> they will come to see this prosperous kingdom and how great the Mashiach is running things. And they'll say, you know, why should we find them? Let's join them. But Mumsim is those who are killed. You say you have different Pesukim and Daniel and so on and so forth. Right? There's other pesukim. Oz ebech alam himself a brewer liquor b'shem Hashem. They'll be hit with the divine spirit. We have all the Russian b'yom who are born minim and agavus. The wicked, the, no, it's the bad group, not the good group that wants to become Jewish, but the great bad group that wants to attack the Jews will suffer four types of magavus. Kitzasim yamusu shiamtem eish b'gavus habanim. Some will die in some kind of a a thing where they'll be hit like Sodom and Amora. So what we call today nuclear. Some will fall dead. So just to give you a contemporary example, how many Arabs were killed by other Arabs recently in Iraq, in Syria, and with the ISIS? A millions. Never one Arab and the other. Yamusa Bakhar Ishbrayo. Kutsasim Yamuso Shiyimak Bisarmbi is part of some will either have a, a nuclear thing like Hiroshima that their skin will fall off and their vermin will come apart. 
as we all know those Pesukim, right? As he puts it over here, the person who's a victim of this will shake hands with another guy and his hand will come off into the other guy's hand because his body will be literally falling apart. So that could be from some kind of terrible disease or it could be from the nuclear. And the others will have some maiming, as we would say today, the curious iron, gedias off, creases etzba, you know, they'll lose parts of their bodies. And they will flee from this defeat. And they'll tell, when they'll run back to their home countries, and they'll tell their local people, Gaisha people, what happened to them. Um, and that will spread word of the Mashiach and the news from the Jews. There's a Pasuk, Shalachim and Platim al Goyim. And the good Goyim, those who want to become Jewish, Gamkin al Arbaminim. They will also fall into four, four categories. Because when they say they want to become Jewish, what they're going to mean is we want to serve you. We volunteer. We want to be Shaykh to you. So we want to even, we would consider like Hagar, you know, so I, I'd rather be a Shevcha by Avram. Some will want to serve the Jews as house servants, right? Like kings and stuff like that. And some will want to serve them not in their houses, but in the Medinas and the Kfarim. Okay? And the others will just go home. But they will consider themselves under Jewish control. And these good Goyim, who will have to be the survivors of the war, Gogu Mogu, they wouldn't want to participate in the attack on Kal Yisrael because they were the ones who said, We like the Jews, we, what we see, and we want to become part of them. That particular group is the one who's going to come every year on Sukkot. Right, as the Pesukim says, and any group that doesn't join won't get rain, and even the Egyptians who say we have the Nile River, but Hashem will dry it up if they don't come. That the guy will realize the best thing in their interest is to as much as possible be miskarev al Mashiach ben David. Okay? Um, and every nation will try to do the best they can. And he's all these descriptions over here that the rich people will bring the Jews their horses and their uh, mules and the poor people will carry the Jews on their backs, things like that. to be like their servants. And those Jews like from America who want to return there to Israel now, the local Goyim will will they'll pay for them to leave, they'll give them luxury liners, and they'll fill with Kesev Izov. So notice those Jews will have an easy time returning there to Israel. They'll skip all the stuff we just had before. And those who are in Eretz Kush, isn't that interesting? In Ethiopia, they'll somehow or other float up the Nile on certain types of little barges till they get to Egypt. Because the ships won't work, you're going to need barges because of the nature of the river. See, Sadigon was from Egypt, so he knew the Nile very well, and so forth. And he goes on and on. 
And if there's anybody who lives in a faraway place where the local Goyim are not in a position to bring them to Israel, if he will kin him hero, then God will bring them. It'll be like they come in clouds. I don't know if he means it. Literally, Ki'ilu. It'll be like they'll come in clouds and they'll somehow or other they'll get to Israel. And when these Jews all arrive in Israel, then that's how the process unfolds. Okay? Um, the first one that'll be is Mashiach ben Yosef. Of course, here he's talking about the case where you didn't need one, but whatever. Kihu ish tzadik menusa, because Mashiach ben Yosef is an ish tzadik menusa. and Hashem will will revive him. Ozi chadish haber bin yog migdashal. Then will come the build bin yibes hamigdash. Okay. Vavonim yikaris. There'll be diamonds everywhere and things like that. Petis yashiv kolars yishemakam charif, and the whole land of Israel will be uh, uh, settled. There won't be any. Um, uh, what's the right word? Uh, desolate areas in Eretz Yisrael. Oz your orashchina zarecha beis hamikdash, and then the orashchina will shine in the beis hamikdash. Adshum merm nego kehim. Any other light will seem dim compared to the orashchina, as he says. I explained earlier. The orashchina is so powerful. Adshum mishum enu derech beis hamikdash yelach derech orahu, and 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 the orashchina will be so powerful. You can see it from far away. Anybody doesn't know where the base of English is, you just look where that light is and go towards the light. And then everybody start prophesying. And he means everybody. Okay? So much so that if any Yid goes to another country, so you see, there will be other countries in Mashiach time, and they'll do their own thing. And if a Jew happens to visit there, they say, oh, you're Jewish, you're a Navi, tell us what the weather's going to be tomorrow, you know, or what was something else. And, you know, the, the Yid will have to be, make a real prediction it'll come true, otherwise they won't believe that you're a Jew. And this will last for a long, long time. And he says, the Pusik says, Chuas Olamim. Teshuas Olamim, an eternal uh, salvation. But Ola Belibi, it appears to me, Kilomar Mila Zoshi Ad Omeyad, Makamazem Shar Makamas, Kim La Amenu, La Ami Sesleno, Chosege Shub Matzalasha. In other words, it, it, it won't last for a certain period, it'll go on and on and on. Baudienuk Yam Yivkro Babodab Lamameri, and the Jewish people will be in a good mood. They'll choose to Abadus Hashem instead of rebelling against them. That's the idea of circumcising the foreskin of the heart. Ubochrim bezeh become upon him, and they'll choose to be good for several reasons. Because they see the shechina in the nevua, him achuzotobanaimim, Since they're doing so well in the Mashiach's leadership, so that's why they'll continue to remain from. There'll be no sickness. There'll be no sadness. So in other words, it will seem, and the language here is very interesting, it will seem as if there's a new world. See, according to there won't be a new world. But life will be so different, everything will be so good, it'll seem like the world was transformed. Okay? 
That's what David Melch meant in Psalm 144. So um, you see that this is a, a Gashmius as well as a Ruchnius Dika uh, uh, Bonum. And there's a certain scenario. And as he said, it's two possible ways to go. It could be and, and he has these wars involved, but these little uh, details, like half the attacking army will join the Jews and all that, these are Sadigon type boards. And that is one Mahalach there. Next time, I went over my time, but I didn't want to break it into two parts. Next time, maybe we'll take a look at Rav um, So once again, I want to thank Mishpah Savansky and wish everybody a good Shabbos. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.